This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Right, welcome in to, oh, hang on to your seat, to episode 38 of UAP, the Unidentified Alien Podcast. It's going to be a lot of fun. Get ready for this one and the next episode. I'm not going to get too far ahead of myself, but just giving you a heads up. Stephen Diener here, Karen Curtis over there. Karen, how's it going? I'm well. Yeah, it's going to be a two-parter. Yes. Because it's kind of like uh, UFOs of the stars. Yeah, it's a good way to put it. Yeah, and you won't believe all of the famous people who've had a brush with UAPs, extraterrestrials, and their stories are wild. And that's really what kind of evolved this into a two-part episode. So today, I guess you can call it part one, even though today's episode and next week for part two, they're going to have different titles, which is which is fine because because we're covering a lot of bases. It started off as one part, and it's we a- uncovered so much yeah. <laughs> that we're like, we, we we can't do this in one episode. Yeah, our research team came to us, and they said, hey, you guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you our- guys, you can't believe all the stuff we've dug up. Yeah, our crack research team. We have them all over the country, absolutely. So <laughs> let's go ahead and get started and have some fun here on celebrities and their alien encounters. It's, mm-hmm. This is good stuff. So, But before we get into that, Karen. Yep. Um, you normally have a factoid at this point. I have a little one today, Mr. Diener. An out-of-this-world event is being confirmed by the U.S. military. The event actually happened January 8th, 2014, along the east coast of Papua New Guinea. Ooh. Yeah. So what happened was that there was an interstellar meteor that landed on the Earth there about eight years ago, and it was just confirmed to be... So what is interstellar? You're like, what is that, right? Or you know? I think I know, but you can tell me. It (laughs) means... (laughs) <laughs> it means the meteor originated from outside our solar system. Ah, okay, gotcha. That makes it a very rare occurrence. And the space rock crashed into Earth, as I said, in 2014. A then undergraduate student at Harvard University hmm. first identified the meteor back in 2019. So what's he's in Papua New Guinea, or they gathered it. How do they know that is, all this? That is pretty wild. I mean, it's amazing. I, I guess because they study the dust that's on it, or... The you know we what don't makes have it up like this in our solar system. Yeah, it's that's wow, pretty wild. That's, that's pretty crazy. That's cool. So we'll keep an eye on that story. That's that's a fun one. Um, but very nice factoid, Karen. But we'll get into our celebrity. I had, I had to leave the solar system to get that one. Uh, <laughs> I see that you went you went uh, interstellar. interstellar. You did. <laughs> so today we will start our celebrity alien encounters here on this very special episode thirty eight because we got a lot to cover. And during our time doing this podcast. 
We've really almost exclusively covered stories from people who you may have never heard of before. Maybe, you know, you may have heard of people like Edgar Casey or, you know, people like that. But a lot of times we presented somebody that was just kind of out of the blue to you. Some Joe Schmo. Yeah. With an alien encounter story. Exactly. You're like, okay, whatever. But, you know, which has been. Except for the governor of Arizona. Yeah, that was an interesting one. We did the Phoenix Lights. But in this episode. We're going to switch it up a bit, like we said, and talk about the claims of some very famous and recognizable names. Yeah. Celebrities, Karen, they're just like us. They have alien encounters, too. Absolutely. Even Ralph Cramden, the great one, had one. One of these days, I'll write the kiss. (laughs) (laughs) Never gets old. Oh, my God. So let's go ahead and, like you said, start off with a bang, (laughs) if you will. Pun, yes. pun intended. Very bad joke. I'm very oh, sorry. Oh, big bang. And talk about the legendary comedian Jackie Gleason. <laughs> bang! Soon! <laughs> going to the moon! <laughs> to the moon, but not in the spaceship. No, not in a spaceship. Yes, even he, Jackie Gleason... From the 50s, 60s, and even into the 70s. Yeah. And stuff like uh, his role in Smokey and the That's Bandit. That's right, with the, the sunglasses. That's right. I almost forgot he was in that, actually. I think Joe Biden uses those now. Maybe. Is it the same aviators? I, I don't know. So. But reportedly, he had a well-documented close encounter with aliens. No now, way. It didn't happen, though, Karen, one night while he was outside looking at the stars oh, like you normally hear. You know, he wasn't driving in his car or experienced lost time or anything like that. <laughs> no, sorry, Bob. It happened because Richard Nixon wanted it to happen. I am not a crook. Gleason also loved the sport of golf. And it was there on the golf course where Gleason really bonded with another avid golfer, the then president of the United States, Richard Milhouse Nixon. During one particular round, one sunny day in Florida, the two started talking about the paranormal and in particular UFOs, unidentified flying objects. And as the two conversed, it became apparent to Gleason that his golfing buddy might know more than he was able to share. Even if he wanted to, perhaps he couldn't. Or could he? Mm-hmm. So, you think Gleason, down the road, he came, this changed his life. Yes, it did. He yeah. even had a house shaped like a flying saucer. He did. And he was always kind of a UFO alien enthusiast, uh, you know, to begin with. So, Nixon's like, I'm going to blow your socks off with something. Pretty much. And it's not that they were alive. His encounter? Right, yeah. So you're going to hear about that here in, in just a minute. This is a very different type of encounter that uh, Jackie Gleason had, if you've never heard the story. And to be fair, we've actually talked about this story once before in an earlier, maybe, I think it was like episode four. Everything's all like intertwined. But it all intertwines. And I mean, look, we're talking about celebrity alien encounters. This is probably my favorite one and one of the most famous ones. How can we not talk about it? And it so, happened here in Florida. It did, of course. Yeah. Right, of course it happened in Florida. Yeah. So it goes on. Later that evening, as dusk approached, Gleason heard a knock on his door, and when he went to answer it, he saw Nixon flanked by a couple of Secret Service agents, and the president told him, come on, we're going for a ride. And before you know it, Gleason and Nixon were headed to Homestead Air Force Base in Florida. Yeah. Isn't it nice to be friends with the president, and he got questions about aliens? He's like, yeah, come on, I'll show you. Big black (laughs) car limousine. Yeah, that's right. So, Nixon had a house in Key Biscayne. And he he had his friend B.B. Rebozo down there. Oh, that's he, right. He had the government build him a helipad for Marine One. The house cost, like, at the time, 130000 maybe. The wow. helipad cost a half a million dollars. Is that right? It was floating in Key Biscayne. You're kidding. Yeah. I never knew that. No. What'd they do with it? 
I think they got rid of it after it's he was just gone. gone. Yeah, I've gone by there on a boat. I never saw. I didn't. Huh. I don't see the helipad anymore. But yeah, that used to be his like Southern White House. I had no idea. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. So obviously, a lot happened in Florida with Nixon and his his time as as president. But what happened once they got to the Homestead Air Force Ugh. Base, Karen? What did Nixon reveal to uh, to Gleason? Oh my gosh! Wow. Nixon showed Gleason. Numerous alien corpses. Some what? of them were intact and others were mangled as if destroyed during a catastrophic crash of some sort. Mm-hmm. Whatever happened that night, by all accounts, it opened Gleason's eyes to the idea of life beyond the stars and changed him forever. The first published account of the incident was in the National Enquirer during the early 80s. Other tabloid magazines picked up on the story, which was related by Gleason's ex-wife, who was quoted as saying... I'll never forget the night in 1973 when my famous husband came home, slumped white-faced in an armchair, and spilled out the incredible story to me. Yeah. Wow. Can you imagine? It's a lot. There's some a lot of pillow talk between. Oh yeah. People. Oh yeah. When it comes to aliens, <laughs> you'll you'll hear more about that. But isn't that wild? And that's the part that gets me again. You know, to, to be fair, this is we we've talked about this story, you know, over thirty episodes ago. But since we're doing this topic today, I mean, we had to bring it up again because it's that last part that really gets me. I mean, it's a fantastical story to begin with when you're talking about a sitting president, when you're talking about one of the most famous people in show business at that time, Jackie Gleason, who's now a legendary, iconic actor that people look back on and comedian. And you, you, I mean, you just put that together and think about they're going to a, an Air Force base in, in Homestead, Florida, which is in the Miami area, if you're not familiar with South Florida and how the geography works. And so that's enough, right? I mean, they're seeing these mangled bodies. That story is enough as it is. But when you put in there that his, his ex-wife, right? Yes. Where she comes out later on and confirms the story. Well, she may have been his widow. I'm not sure. But, you know, if anything, a president's going to know. Presidents know what's going on, all right? Most of the so time, there you have yeah. that. I don't think Gleason ever personally spoke about this. Right. And it would make sense that he would divulge this to his wife, because remember back then, you were a quack if you said anything about aliens, you know. And it could ruin your career, Yeah, basically. that's true. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting, and then she did relate it to the National Enquirer, which is located was located right here in South Florida, in Lantana. Now, so, you might think, well, National Enquirer, then it's a made-up story. No, but they they have broken more of the... They did. Of, I think the monkey business story with the Gary Hart, they broke it. There was all that's kinds right. of That's right. That's right, yeah. So there, there was a lot that they actually did before they became, you know, printing pictures of Bat Boy and things like that that you would <laughs> see in, in your grocery store line. But it's, that is just, it's such a fascinating story to me. So, yes, if you had heard it before... Sorry to repeat something, but we just had to bring it up again, especially with this topic. Yeah. Speaking of having excuses, Karen. Oh, before, real quick, I just want to say that we, um, the picture of Jackie Gleason's house that you mentioned. Yes. Where his house was in the shape of a UFO, a flying saucer, I guess, if you will. It's going to be on our blog, 850WFTL.com. You can search the UAP podcast in the podcast section and... There you'll see all of our blog posts from all the past episodes, and so we'll have the picture of his flying saucer house so you can see it. So it's like round. How do you hang a picture in a round house? Great, great question. <laughs> Maybe he didn't have any. Maybe he just put up posters and bent it against the wall. Oh I don't know. Oh, my gosh. But as I was saying, it, speaking of having excuses of bringing somebody up on this episode, I re- I've been trying to find the opportunity to talk about Tom DeLonge, and there's a specific reason why. If you're not familiar with who Tom DeLonge is, he's actually pretty famous in his own right. Yeah, don't blink. He might go by. Ah, yeah, let's ah. see what you did there. Because he was part of Blink-182, actually the founding members, three guys— 
Um, I can't remember uh, Travis Barker and I can't remember the other guy's name right now. Oh, but anyway, Travis Barker, who's uh, marrying or did marry Chloe? That's no, right. One no, of the best. Not Chloe. One but of the Car- Kardashian. Courtney. One of those. But he's. I mean, Travis Barker is one of the best drummers in the world. But they were a hugely popular punk rock band back in my era. Uh, there in the late '90s yeah, and the 2000s. And but he was still touring with them in 2015. But that's when he decided to hang it all up and chase after the truth <gasps> no. surrounding the UAP UFO phenomenon. Oh, my gosh. So I wanted basically to use this topic today to finally bring him up because really without him, we probably wouldn't even be doing this podcast. And I'll, well, I'll okay. let him explain why. Okay, here we go. Yeah, hello. Uh, my name is Tom DeLong. Most people know me as the founder of the popular rock and roll band called Blink-182. I started a company called To The Stars that eventually became To The Stars Academy of Arts and Science. We are literally the group that is responsible for why you read about UFOs in the papers today without all the stigma. So, yeah. <laughs> and then there's a book out, UFO Among the Stars. That's right. Yes, yes, that's right. So it's it's all there. And it was because of his group there, guys like uh, Lou Elizondo, uh, Lou Elizondo, not do. I'm sure if you've seen him on any other interviews, if look, if you're listening to the show, then you probably know who Lou Elizondo is. And also guys like Christopher Mellon. I mean, he got together really an incredible team of former Pentagon officials and like Defense, Defense Department officials to really come together so they could have the you know correct connections to talk to people, try to get in front of Congress. So He removed the stigma. That's right. Yeah. So really it's because of their group that we even knew about the Tic Tac video from the USS Nimitz and they got out into the public and authenticated by the Pentagon. He's actually spoken about that video before and well, here's what he had to say about it. There's thousands of things besides this. You're not even anywhere near how big this iceberg is, you know, like seeing these things. These are unnerving waters. Like this is not the only thing that exists. Wow. I believe it. I mean, that's why we do this show, right? It, yeah. I mean, when, it just gets crazier and more real. It does. Every episode we do. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. And and I mean you're you're right. And you think back to when we first started this. You're talking what it was mid July of 2021, and here we are nine months later. And it all coincides when that Pentagon report came out in June of 21, authenticating the Nimitz video with the Tic Tac and talking about some of the other things that were under investigation, saying that yeah, you know what, these things are unexplained. We don't know what they are, but they're 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 not ours. Right. And if you're listening to this podcast, you know what we're talking about. People who aren't listening to it think it's about little green men and how come people are interested in that. But no, we're talking about life changing things, very deep things, including God, yeah, the universe, a lot of stuff. Yeah. math, uh, yeah. a lot of stuff. And you can't deny a lot of it. 
Uh, and that's what we do, really. I mean, that's I like to when, when people ask me about it. And like you say, Karen, even our show has a stigma and which is amazing because, again, we thank you guys for everybody who's been listening. We've said it before, but I want to keep saying it every time we do a show. Thank you so much, because the response to this show is, I mean, honestly, I'm not exaggerating here or kissing up. I'm 100% being authentic right now and saying that this has the response to the show, the, the amount of downloads and listens that we've garnered from the show has outdone anything I could have ever imagined going into this. When you were entering all those little things in your phone, he has a list right? of stuff <laughs> that he's been putting in his phone for years. One day I said, why don't we do a podcast on all that stuff that you've got in there? And who would have thought that it was a punk rocker like Tom DeLong that would be the one to change the game? Yeah. So here's some final thoughts from Tom. I think this is going to cause our government and mankind to really wake the hell up and start looking at things that we never really even saw that was in front of our noses the whole time yeah and that's exactly what, yeah, and that's it and that's what we present to you all you know almost every week i know we take a week off here and there but it's um you know it's it's almost like a i like to think of it as a true crime in the fashion of supernatural or ufo or the alien world because we present the story to you which is what we're doing here today going to continue to do as well with some of the things coming up and you decide i mean you make up your mind from the from the details that we give you whether or not some of this stuff is could be real there's something to it or you know maybe you have another way to explain it but that's what we do we leave it up to you that's right and you know there's multiple people who are popular or famous who you know, UFOs among the stars include mm -hmm. Miley Cyrus. Yeah, how about some of these other names? These these are pretty wild. Uh, yeah. Some of these names you came up with here, Karen. She claims that she and a friend were chased by <laughs> were chased by UFOs. Oh, no. She smokes pot though in San Bernardino, <laughs> California. Oh, no. She goes, I was driving through San Bernardino with my friend and I got chased down by some sort of UFO. She shared in an interview. She described the shape of the object as a Flying snowplow oh, no. <laughs> and claims multiple other cars on the road stopped to take a look. Wow. Miley Cyrus says that she was shaken by the experience for nearly a week afterward. Now, wow. I can understand that. If you see something like that, it's going to change your life, like Jackie Gleason. Right. And she said, It looked to me and it looked at me, she said, and we made eye contact. Oh, gosh. And I think that's what we really shook me, looking into its eyes looking into the eyes of something that I couldn't quite wrap my head around. Well, I mean, it's it's an interesting description. You know, I mean, take Miley Cyrus for for what, for what she's worth. I know she could be a Which little... Which is a lot, by the way. She could be a little kooky sometimes. I'm not denying that, but that's a pretty wild uh, description she yeah, makes there. right. How about Post Malone? Oh, my gosh. She claims to have spotted UFOs in New York, Utah, and California. He's actually really big into the supernatural, Post Malone. Is he? Yeah. Did they tell him to tattoo his face? I don't know. Maybe. Oh, my God. <laughs> he he revealed that he had multiple experiences on his interview with Joe Rogan. He said first he saw a UFO at the age of 16. He was staying with his aunt in upstate New York. He said, I was looking out the window with my cousin, and it's just a light that stays there and mm. then just effing goes off. I mean, you can't explain it. And they do that. That's how they're described. Right. They true. can go at very quick, fast speeds in like mm -hmm. strange directions. Just like the Nimitz uh, Tic Tac video. They have that uh, instant uh, acceleration. It's one of the characteristics people look for when it comes to UFOs. And they don't make any sound. Right. Exactly. That's yeah. right. He goes, I can't explain it. He then went on to explain another sighting in Tarzana. Is that right? Tarzana, Tarzana Los yep. Angeles. Mm -hmm. uh, describing a force field-like object 
disappearing into the night sky. That's really cool. His claim really intrigues me. The Miley Cyrus one is very strange. I'm not, you know, look. The snowplow thing, yeah. I, I'm not really <laughs> sure what to make of that one. But, hey, if she had an experience, you know, I don't want to doubt her. She, she went through something. Yeah. Um, but his Post Malone there, his experience there is really intriguing because his the things that he describes are really your classic witness type of case. Yes, uh, David Bowie. Maybe the least surprising name on the list. <laughs> yeah, because he did a lot of space stuff and Mars yeah, and his songs and movies. He claims to have seen genuine UFOs many times as a child. It. He said he saw so many UFOs that he simply got used to them. Mm. And as an adult, he saw an unidentifiable object hovering over a field that he believed was a projection of his own mind trying to make sense of this quantum Topological <laughs> doorway into dimensions beyond our own. Yeah, David. Holy yeah, smokes. Yeah, David Bowie. I love it. <laughs> wow. But there is a common thread here um, that I'm going to get to. But I know we have Rob, Robbie Williams as well. Remember Robbie Williams? Not Robin Williams. No, Robbie Williams. Mork from Ork. That's right. <laughs> Robbie Williams, his blue eyes. Uh, he was he kind of a hits. teen throb. He yeah, he hit singer in the, in the 2000s. He was a British singer, I believe. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, then I'm thinking of an actor. Maybe I'm not thinking of the same person. Maybe I'm not thinking of the same person. Whatever. I <laughs> he took a break from his singing career in 2006 to study aliens. Just like Tom DeLonge did. Yeah. After supposedly experiencing three UFO encounters, it seems like you know, like they pick certain people and they keep coming back to yes, those people. That's right. And that's Tag, what we see it. with different uh, abductee victims as well. Right. They talk about multiple times, multiple sightings. Yeah. And actually, the person we're going to get to here last, similar experiences multiple times throughout his life, starting as a child. Yeah, you won't even believe this oh, one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but he began attending UFO seminars and conferences and has connected with many fellow UFO enthusiasts. And he even said a UFO visited him when he wrote the alien theme song, Arizona. There was the Phoenix Lights. Ah. That. He had just finished writing a song called Arizona, which was about... Alien abduction uh-huh. when there was this glow. It was magic, he said. Very interesting. Robbie Williams is a very intriguing person. I'm just going to say he's a very interesting dude. Okay. Yes. Uh, and sticking with Arizona, how about a celebrity who was a witness to the most famous UFO sighting cases of all time? Who is that? Uh, it's Go- Goldie Hawn's boyfriend. They never got married. <laughs> Kurt Russell? Overboard. Kurt Russell. He, uh, he was a pilot. And he was a pilot during the Phoenix Lights UFO sightings, and you're, we did a whole yes. we did a whole podcast on it. You're right. I remember hearing about that. And that was I, in '97. I don't think, if memory serves me correct, maybe we did it. I'm going to look silly if you go back and listen to the Phoenix Lights episode because I think that was in our episode about famous uh, sightings, like uh, undeniable mass sightings, and I think the Phoenix Lights yeah. was our headliner in that one. You can't. Remember everything. You can't have total recall I unless we to. download your memory I, and import it into an alien. I tried to. I'm very hard on myself. But I don't think that, Kurt Russell, we mentioned this part in our Phoenix Lights episode. So You, you do have an eidetic memory, though. Kind of, you right? You can remember yeah, like of. dates and times and weird stuff. But he did. He claimed scene. He was a pilot. Yeah. And he's the one who says basically that he he called it in when yes. that took place in 1997. Right. And that, like we said, that was a mass sighting. He, and thousands of people saw those lights over Phoenix that night. He was flying with his son, Oliver, to see his girlfriend. Wait a minute. Hey, now. Was that going to be Goldie? Ooh. He said, I saw six lights over the airport and an absolute uniform V-shape. He was mm-hmm. telling this to the BBC. Mm-hmm. So that was strange for him. And uh, that also ties back to one of our old episodes Aaron Rodgers who's a pretty smart guy he actually is you know people get on Aaron Rodgers sometimes for for different things we obviously the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers um, and a Jeopardy host on and off yeah and he drinks a lot of bourbon I don't know if it was one of those nights but he says it was a snowy night 
It was orange and moving in the clouds from left to right. What, is he Robert Frost here? <laughs> My gosh, as, Aaron Rodgers. As the leaves rustled. <laughs> and the Goodness. bizarre part was that what was attached to it, after it was out of sight, we were frozen looking at each other and wondering, what the hell just happened? Huh. Uh, he shared that with Pat McAfee. Oh, good old Pat McAfee. Yeah, they're, they're buddies. Pat McAfee has a huge, huge show. He's like a podcast, does okay. his thing on YouTube and has his own channel and everything. Okay, so about 30 seconds after that, we heard fighter jets, he said. Now, uh-huh. that's it. They scrambled the jets. That part is intriguing because you always hear that when it yes. comes to some of these sightings, right? Where the fighter jets follow and people wonder, wait, why, what did I see and why are there fighter jets following right. it? What's going on here? So we've heard those descriptions before. Maybe Aaron Rodgers is on to something as he was uh, writing his poetry there about his UFO sighting. His I don't sonnet. Know. He believes the fighter jets were chasing the UFO. That's interesting. It is. Yeah. And then how about Muhammad Ali? The, Maybe one too many blows to the head. The goat? Muhammad Ali? Yeah. Wow, what did he see? Well, he had a lifelong interest in UFOs. I Really? Uh-huh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. and You, he cl- you gave me something I didn't know, Karen. I gave you... <laughs> about that. Yay. <laughs> uh, he claimed to have seen and to have been watched by UFOs on 16 oh, gosh. different occasions. Even saw a mothership, he said. Oh, my gosh. But see, there you go again. Multiple sightings, multiple yeah. occasions. He said, if you look up at the sky in the early morning, you can see them playing tag between the stars. Oh, geez. Or those are satellites moving around. You can see satellites, too, you oh, know. Yeah. And you can see the International Space Station I've seen it before, yeah. actually. Yeah. That's intriguing. Uh, and then Olivia Newton-John. Greece. From Greece. Sandy. She was 15. <laughs> Sandy was 15 and says that she saw uh-huh. a silver flying object moving at amazing speeds in the Cambridge countryside. Remember, she's, I guess she's, oh no, wait, she's Australian, right? Yep. Since then, she's been a firm believer in the existence of extraterrestrial life. And she was quoted as saying, in England, oh, maybe she was in England. Most people now think that UFOs are possible. So this was in the Cambridge countryside of England. Oh, right? I see. 20 years ago, how many people would have thought that? And, and she's she, right. She is right. That's a great point, actually. Yeah. And that's some of the things we were talking about, removing the stigma. And Tom DeLong, to his credit, helped to do that because it got authenticated by the Pentagon and got written about in all these major publications and newspapers. So... She's right. How people look at it now is different. Yeah, there were other people that said that they saw UFOs, but we left them out because we don't like them. <laughs> now, before we move on to our no, last... William Shatner, though, we like. Oh, yes, that's right. You can't forget about him. Uh, quite fittingly, remember, he was Captain Kirk. He's a UFO believer, and he admits that he lied about seeing a UFO oh, in the Mojave Desert in 1969. Billy. But he's a firm believer in the existence thing. There's no doubt that there's life out there. But he lied about it. That doesn't help the that doesn't help the cause. Come on, Bill. What are you doing over there? But no, let's, you know, look, he's he's a believer. He was on the show for a long time. He went to space and there was a Jeff Bezos uh, Blue That's Origin there. Right. He wanted it. He wished it lasted longer. You're right. That's right. So And his headpiece didn't become like a flotation device. No, don't say that about oh. William Shatner. That's that's his real hair, Karen. Oh, sorry. Come on now. Oh, my so, gosh. But now, before we move on to our last person here, just remember these two points, okay? Before we, we end with our maybe most uh, intriguing case of celebrity encounters. Remember this. Age 16, Post Malone. Right. As a child, David Bowie. Age 15, Olivia Newton-John. There's a common thread here, and, and you're going to see it when we talk about none other, Mr. Elvis Presley. Thank you very much. <laughs> Elvis, arguably That's one it. of the most famous people of all time, and 
He had some pretty amazing, and some may say extreme, encounters with UFOs and aliens, according to his own accounts. And I find that that when people are famous, they get some sort of a magnetic, charismatic field about them. And they, Marilyn Monroe used to be able to walk out into the streets of New York with a scarf on, and no one would notice her. her. And then she'd say to her friend, do you want me to turn it on? And she'd turn it on meaning she would let her energy flow. Mm -hmm. And people would turn around and go, oh, my God, there's Marilyn Monroe. When seconds earlier, they didn't know they didn't notice her. That's right. So they have some sort of magnetic energy that's attracting people. That's right. It's true. aliens. There is a certain type of, and there's been a lot of people described that way, Elvis, of course, being one of them. We're going to get into his story here. But to that point, Karen, it is intriguing how... There are certain people who just have like this aura about them, this this energy. I mean, if you've ever, I know you've met, you know, yes. celebrities and famous yes. people just like I have in the war, you know line of work that we're in. We come across celebrities from time to time, and for the most part, there's always some type. You feel different. That's around right them. when you're with them. You know, and it's just it's it's not maybe that's what is considered being starstruck. Oh, what you know? a great! I love it. That starstruck. Could, so that could be a a um. I guess an explanation as to why people get starstruck, not only because, of course, for the obvious explanation of you're used to seeing them on TV or on the movie screen or hearing them on the radio or whatever it might be, but there's just, when you meet somebody famous, there is, there's that energy about them. And it's just, and it's, it's hard to put your finger on. And it has to be exhausting as the star because people are, they're taking your energy. Yeah. You know, as you're giving it out. So there has to become a time when you recharge. There's the people said that about my, uh, Michael Jordan. You know, he had like that certain aura about him. And I remember yeah. watching the Michael Jordan documentary that was on. I think that was last summer or two years ago. Um, it was like that 10 part series where he they showed clips of him after a game and after doing autograph signings and make a wish sessions and, you know, press briefings and things like that. Suck the life out of you. He would just lay there in his hotel room. And, you know, he, he was quoted as saying, you know, everybody thinks my life is so glamorous. And then they just show him laying there on his hotel room bed in the quiet trying to recharge. Sure. Because you get, you do, you get that energy sucked out of you. And there's just something about some people who have that energy and aura about them. And Elvis was definitely one Big of those time. people. Big time. Oh, man. And maybe oh. that, I don't know, maybe that explains why some of them have more encounters than others. Because when you talk about some of the things that Elvis described through his life. Now, he claimed many connections to extraterrestrials. Yes. When he was born. Okay, this starts at his birth, Karen. Oh my gosh. His family and family doctor remember an unexplainable light, they call it, that was beaming over the Elvis family home. According to his assistant, Larry Geller, he was quoted as saying his father, Elvis's father, told us that he had gone out to have a cigarette at 2 a.m. during the delivery of Elvis uh, as a baby. And when he looked up into the skies above their little shack... He saw what Elvis's father described as the strangest blue light, and he knew right then and there that something special was happening. It's like Jesus' birthday. It does sound like it, doesn't it? <laughs> not, <North's... laughs> not to be like, you know, tying in Easter with, with Holy Week right now. Are there any right wise now. men? I mean, my gosh. <laughs> oh my God, yeah, well, Easter's this week, too. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, Elvis also recalled when he was eight that he was telepathically visited That's right. by aliens. Let who, wrap your head around that one showed real quick. him a future vision of a man wearing a white suit singing to a crowd. Hello. Visualization is something that's always worked for me, and that is the art of visualization. That, And he would later go on to wear that white suit, you know? Yes, Remember? Uh, famously, the yes. Famously. I want to say something about his birth, though. He had a brother. Yeah, that's right. He was a right. twin. That's right. And the twin died, I think, either in utero or at birth. Mm -hmm. And that always affected Elvis. 
Yeah, that's maybe right. he, you know, whatever. I don't know what happened, but no, but it's it's you know it's something that's uh, strange. It is. Maybe and he acquired the energy of that soul, and that's why he has so much. Oh, maybe, I don't, I don't okay, know. Okay, now I'm going on a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> but no, real quick too. I mean, to, to that point, Karen. Let's look back here. The reason why again I mentioned the ages of some of the other people we talked about. Elvis also recalled that when he was eight years old. So Olivia Newton-John, right. David Bowie, Post Malone, they all had similar experiences right. growing up. And we've talked about that before in previous episodes with people who have been, you know, witnesses to sightings or have been victims of abduction. They but talk that's about when we're suggestible. Since kids. When, we're, when you're a kid, you're suggestible and you're more open to things. Yeah, no, it's true. And so maybe that's why, you, you know, you started at a younger age. Think about it, even with Edgar Casey. You know, when we did that two-part series on, on him, that his gift started as a young, young child, like as a toddler. Right. They started noticing things. So Elvis, when he talks about being eight years old and getting these telepathic uh, visions from aliens, as he describes, aliens who showed him a future vision of a man wearing a white suit singing to a crowd, that's pretty heavy stuff. This is Elvis. And it seems like if these aliens do know what's going on here on Earth, okay, they're selecting young people who would be more responsive to seeing them and and retelling the story. They're also going after people who would become famous and have more of a reach with mm. with their story. You know what I mean? True. They're not showing themselves to some guy in Zimbabwe in a hut. They're showing themselves to people who are famous who, when they relate their experience which more and more are doing now, then we may believe it. Yeah, I mean, look, and both happen. You know, you have your people, your, you know, cattle farmer that nobody believes. You know, oh, yeah, that's just a crazy old Joe the cattle farmer. And, you know, he's, he's talking crazy I'm sure again. he had a corrupt circle. He made it himself. Right. So you never know. You know, everybody has different experiences no matter what walk of life they're in. But, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting point. Well, Elvis said that he had seen many UFOs in his adulthood as well. So it, it started from his birth, mm-hmm. the strange blue light, yeah, wow. continued on to age eight, telepathically visited. They gave him the vision of himself performing. And then he said it was particularly strange, moving lights that traveled through deserts at night. Now you're talking about a guy, remember, in Elvis who traveled the country. I mean, he was all over the, the place, world. right? And the world, he yeah. He was in the army uh, over in Germany. That's, That's how he right. met Priscilla. Now, one such instance, Karen, by the way, was actually detailed by his former bodyguard, a man named Sonny West. Are you familiar with Sonny yeah, West Yeah, I think at all? Elvis was his best man at his wedding. So they were very close. Yeah. Now, make of this what you will, okay? I, some of this is stuff I know has personally been mind-blowing for me. I didn't know all these details about Elvis until we started doing really the research into this. It's, it was shocking, actually, and, and you, maybe you've heard some of this, but it might be shocking to you as well. But with this man, who spent every waking moment with Elvis for a good portion of his adult life, and his personal body, I mean, he was his personal bodyguard. He was one of the people who knew him best, okay? Right, so, other than the colonel, Thomas Andrew Parker, sure. the Dutch musical uh, entrepreneur. And then he's going to reference Jerry Chestnut, and he was a songwriter. So, so you're Jerry gonna, was with them. Good, so I'm glad you said that because you do hear him say that here in the sound we're about to play. So when we tell you that this story that Sonny West tells here in just a second it was so captivating. Yeah, yeah. We actually decided to essentially play the entire clip unedited, which we never do. Right. Okay, but this thing, you you just you have to hear it in its entirety. So here it is, first hand account of Ellis's personal bodyguard and his alien encounter. Enjoy. He said, Let's go outside. So we went out there and we're talking and everything, and he's just being quiet. And all of a sudden he says, Son, you see that light over there? And I look over and I see a light off over in the distance. I said, Well, yeah. I said, plane. He said, 
uh-uh. I said, oh, okay. But lights coming closer and closer and closer. I'm waiting for the sound of a prop or a helicopter or a jet engine. I'm waiting for some sort of sound and say, no, I was at a plane. There is no sound. And it's getting closer and closer. And there's a tree line there around the golf course. And it just kind of went and disappeared behind the trees there. And I still am not hearing a sound. He says, go in there and get Jerry. So I went in the house and got Jerry. And we come back, Elvis not there. We started calling for him. He's not answering. Jerry said, where'd he go? I said, I don't know. And I told you, I said, there was a light he wanted you to see that was coming from across the sky that went over in here and everything. I said, you go up one side of the house and I'll go up the other and we'll go out and see if he's out front. Went out there, he wasn't out there. Now folks, I, I'm, I'm, I gotta tell you, I'm young at that time, I'm about 26 years old, I'm starting to think, what is going on here? Because Elvis had acted weird sometimes, you know, making bushes quiver and move and clouds form and dissipate. So we're hollering out there and all of a sudden, I hear this voice, I'm down here guys. And we look down, he's about three houses down in the driveway. So we hurry down there to him and everything. Well, what are you doing? What are you doing down here? He said, oh, nothing. He said, that light, they're, they're gone. I said, who's gone? He said, they're gone, but they'll be back. And I said, okay, I'd like to meet them, Elvis. You will, and he was serious, he said, you will. We went back up to the house. I talked with Jerry, I said, yeah, I don't know what he's talking about, there was light. He said, well, son, it was a plane. I said, Jerry, I gotta tell you, there was no sound, there was no engine. There was no noise. I was in the Air Force. I know what airplanes sound like, and there was no sound. I don't know what it was. Could have been in a dead stick plane, you know, engine dead or something, but it came a long way with no engine. But that, we didn't talk about it anymore, and he didn't bring it up. I never asked him, did they come back yet over the years? <laughs> I never asked him that. Mm. Some things I want to unpack on that. Yes, fascinating. First of wow. all, he was in the Air Force. Right. So he would know aviation mm -hmm. and capability so and we're big on credible witnesses that's I mean, right and that makes him credible. i think a credible witness sure. the other thing is did you hear him describe what elvis would be able to do as we were talking about energy kinetic energy or what he, energy he could make clouds appear and dissipate that was so strange wasn't it absolutely but i believe it because there's something so charismatic and energetic about elvis that i believe it's possible that he could do that well, no, you're right, Karen, because, again, that just goes back to what we were saying earlier with people who had, like, a certain energy and an aura about them. Now, I'm not saying here, I'm not maybe willing to take the leap that to say that Elvis had some type of special powers, but I, I don't know. I mean, I've never heard that description of Elvis before, that he could make clouds dissipate and bushes quiver. I I mean, that's, that sounds like biblical stuff to me, I mean, so I really don't women, know what to make of that. He could make women quiver. Well, yes, that's for sure. Yes. <laughs> so I just, I, I don't know what to make of that. That's very strange. Um, but again, you're talking about a, the guy who, one of the guys who knew Elvis best in his personal bodyguard, Sonny West. So if that's what he saw, then I mean, I'm, I'm going to take him at his word. I just, it's hard to make heads and tails of that. It's, it's, it's an incredible detailed account. Yeah. Why make that up? Right, right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, man, I'll tell you, it's just, and it's it's something too because when you talk about Elvis and aliens, you you always have, oh, Elvis was abducted by aliens. So it's funny when we talk about his connection here. Yeah, because like Elvis, that don't people say he was abducted by aliens? So like all these old stories, him getting scooped up by aliens, they could actually be true. I mean, I I doubt it. I I don't know. It's just it's just it's just a wild story again from a very credible witness. 
But anyway, you know, I think that we've gone through some whoppers today, obviously, and so much so that we had to actually split this into two parts. The second part is even more amazing than this one, if you can believe it. Well, let me just give you a little preview. Okay. I mean, should, should, should we give a preview, Karen? Yes, please do, because you, just, you won't even, you won't be able to wait till next week. It's, before, I'm sorry, I'm just still stuck on Elvis. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I don't, I'm not trying to like drag this out for you, but just give Thank me one more. Thank you very much. <laughs> give me one more second on Elvis, because I'm still kind of trying to unpack this. There's very few things that shock me. When we talk about these things, they I get very captivated, which is why I started my We're little notes on my phone anyway. Right, but it's just something about one of the most famous people in the world, right, in Elvis Presley, that is still talked about today very much. Still one of the top-grossing celebrities every let, year. Let me ask you this: before I started researching it, you had wanted to do this topic because of Marilyn Monroe. Yes. Did you even know Elvis had anything to do with aliens or had any kind of alien contact until I found it? I had no idea. And that's one of the things... So that's why your mind is blown. It is. And that's really one of the things why I love doing this show. And because we come across so much information that when when we come into a subject, we have an idea, right? We have the main point, but then we start uncovering things and... (laughs) Finding these details, and you're like, you oh come my in gosh. the next day, you're like, I had, I went down a rabbit hole yes, last night. Yes. <laughs> you won't even believe what I found. We blow our own minds, and it's it's no different here. So hopefully, you enjoyed that story as much as we did, and all the stories really, because it's just, it's just fantastical, and, and and I love it. But speaking of that, here's the teaser for next week. Ready? Sex, lies, and aliens, all mixed up with Marilyn Monroe, the Kennedys, and maybe the ultimate. Most ultimate unexpected name in all of this, and maybe of all time of our history during the, doing the show, none other than Mr. Burl Ives himself. Have a holly jolly Christmas. <laughs> it's the best time of the year. Yes, that Burl Ives. Shoot off the red room strangers, my favorite. Oh my gosh. So how does all this come together? We'll dive headfirst into that next time. Oh my gosh. On episode 39. <laughs> because. Baby, <laughs> you're the greatest. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Elvis. And thank you, Jackie Gleason. And thank you to everyone who's been, again, consuming and listening to the podcast. We appreciate you so much because, again, the response to this show has just been more than anything we could have ever imagined. So hopefully, you continue to enjoy it and you continue to come back. For next week, especially. Yeah, I mean, wait till you find out what JFK told Marilyn Monroe with some pillow talk <laughs> about what, you know, presidents know about these things. And then somebody had to shut her up because she was going to go public. And again, public with it. You know, we come into this with a general idea, and the, the, the details that we dug up on this story is you'll know next week why we had to split this up and make a, a, its own separate episode to cover just this, uh, this, this one topic. It, <sighs> It's wonderful. So we'll get into all that next time here on the Unidentified Alien Podcast. It's Karen Curtis there. It's Stephen Diener here. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at UAPodcast850. And, of course, download and continue to do so and subscribe to the podcast on Apple and Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And visit the show at 850WFTL.com where we have our blog page and all the previous shows on the podcast section there on the website. Please give us five interstellar stars. Oh, yes. That's right. Interstellar today. And make sure to tune in again next time when we come back for episode 39. So until then, happy Easter and have a good one. And Passover. <laughs>